You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media an editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday. We've got some news, some interesting stuff coming out over the weekend. One, we've got an update on the Pelicans practice facility, when it's going to be opening. We've got a lawsuit alleging Zion was paid, basically, to go to Duke. We'll talk about that and take a quick look at the salary cap as well, because that is going to be a big factor for the Pelicans, with a guy like Brandon Ingram coming up on a max extension. So, let's dive into it all in today. Today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. So we've got an update on when the Pelicans are going to be heading back to their practice facility in some capacity, and that sounds like it is going to be, and this is according to Christian Clark of The Advocate, May 18th, so this coming Monday, a week from today, the Pelicans plan to reopen their practice facility in Metairie, Jefferson Parish, worth mentioning here at least, um, after the Louisiana stay-at-home order potentially is going to expire to, uh, on Friday the 15th, um, that we have an update coming from Governor Edwards at 2.30 p.m. today, and I'm recording this before that, so we won't really know, and if anything changes, we'll talk about it on the Wednesday show. So the Pelicans are opening back up. They're doing a test run of everything on Friday, and everything has been shut down since March 20th. It's been a long time now, and it's interesting because you know the season's basically been stopped for two months. There are a number of regulations with this, of guys going into the facility that only one member uh, of the team can work with them, and it can't be a head coach, a front of bench coach, or even a front office executive, so basically player development coaches, those type of guys, uh, which is fine. You don't need anyone else in there, and this is more just to keep people in shape, keeping them working out in you know a safer environment. Guys had been going to gyms in the cities that they were in to work out, to play ball, and going and doing different things, which maybe hygienically, given everything going on, isn't the best thing. And that's why the NBA wants to open up these practice facilities so that these guys can uh, focus on playing basketball in their own environment, a safe environment, that have some rules in place where these other places may not. Aaron Nelson is working as the chief hygienic officer, basically, during this time uh, towards keeping the practice facility clean. You know, you've got to come up to th- with rules for things like how do you wipe down the balls? How do you re- wipe down the courts? How do you lift weights? Do you have a spotter? Do you not have a spotter? All of that stuff is in play and they need to kind of figure it out. Um, The Pelicans plan on doing a practice run of this to rehearse protocols on Friday, which I think I mentioned. And yeah, that's it. You know, the Cavaliers and the Trailblazers have already opened up their facilities. The Denver Nuggets, I believe, are doing it this week as well. The Atlanta uh, Hawks one opened up officially today. Kevin Love went into his uh, with the Cavaliers, said it was great. It felt good to kind of be a little bit normal. And he loves playing basketball, so this is what he wants to do. You've had a number of guys, including Nicolo Melli, Chris Paul, and others say we haven't touched the basketball since this all started so getting these guys into a facility and giving them more than whatever the lead-up time is probably six weeks is a good thing towards getting the NBA back and having it be at a high level and something that maybe won't put an asterisk 
on the season. So it's nice to see that the NBA is taking the proper steps to try and get this all done. And it's nice to see that the Pelicans are opening things back up. I don't know if this means we're getting NBA anytime soon, but I do like that we're at least moving in that direction. I think that is a good thing. So we'll see where this goes from here. If anything changes with uh, Governor Edwards speaking today, though, I can't really imagine that it will. Uh, So we'll see where this goes, but it's nice to see that the players are getting back, which means that if the Pelicans do have a chance to get into the playoffs, you know, if they, if they're being one of the first teams to open up and they can get some of their guys back, well then, yeah, that's a good thing for their potential title chances, which I think shift in all of this and just for getting into the playoffs in the first place. So we'll talk about Zion, the lawsuit, Duke, all of that stuff coming up here in just a moment. But before we get to all of that, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. These things are awesome. They are what I use for lunch every single day now. And I actually just put in an order myself for more of these this morning. So I really dig these things. It's basically a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got 16 amazing flavors with more coming. And they also have nut-free flavors that are produced in a nut-free facility if you've got any sort of allergies or things like that. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They taste good. You don't feel like you need to wash this protein bar down with a bottle of water or some sort of drink after the fact because it's dry. It's chalky, all of that stuff. Things really do taste like a candy bar. My girlfriend who loves these things now too, actually thought it was a candy bar that I was eating for lunch. They are covered with 100% real chocolate. It's basically built for people who are health conscious. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging a little bit, these things are perfect because they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They have 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of net carbs. There's some that have 15 grams of protein and 110 calories. So they're pretty good, all things considered, especially when you put them up next to uh, some of the leading bars out there. They're about seven times better and they taste good. Seriously, you've got to try the coconut ones, which are like mounds or almond joy or something like that. They are that good. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off over at builtbar.com. When you get them, try them. Tell me what your favorite flavor is. All right. So I find this to be a kind of stupid story, but I do appreciate the person who filed this Gina Ford for at least giving me a section of stuff to talk about on today's show. So Zion Williamson and his former marketing uh, agency company, Prime Sports Marketing, who he's in a lawsuit with after splitting ways for potentially $100 million, has been suing him because they think he breached his contract. He's claiming that basically he shouldn't have been allowed to sign that contract. And whatever, yeah, if I'm Prime Sports Marketing, I'm upset because I lost out on Zion Williamson uh, or I don't have Zion Williamson anymore and all the money that that's going to bring in, which is, as we've seen from all the endorsements and everything he's getting, an absolute ton. So... They're suing him and they did something that, I don't know, it's just a little weird. And also like who cares is kind of my bigger point with this. So in this lawsuit, in part of the discovery phase, they're putting in saying they want Zion to admit there's no, uh, from my reading of this, there's no evidence in there of any of this. They want Zion to admit that his mother knew that he took money and that she took money for him to go to Duke, that his stepfather father got some money and benefits and that Zion got benefits. And that's one of the big reasons he went to Duke and that he received some sort of compensation for going to Duke in some sort of capacity. Again, they just want Zion to say that he knew this and potentially by doing this, it means that he needs to take a deposition or answer some of these questions under oath, 
which, you know, if this stuff happened is not what you want to do because you do keep these things secretive. But this feels a bit like a desperation move that the company is doing this to basically try and get him to settle, knowing that it might smear his name, something like that, that this isn't a process you want to go through. But if he's clean, well, then there's no big deal here. But this does feel a bit desperate. And when you factor in who's doing this, when I sound like the Twitter headlines, people are like, oh my God, he did this. I don't actually know if he did, given the person who's alleging all of this stuff without any evidence and is being like, Zion, you need to admit this. Yeah, this doesn't feel like the, you know, it's it feels kind of flimsy here. This doesn't feel rock solid. The other thing is, who cares? Who cares at all about this? I'm on the side of pay college athletes. You're hearing the NCAA changing their tune about this going, yeah, we probably are going to let guys get, you know, money and women get money off of their likeness for endorsements and all of that stuff. Zion is in the NBA now. He is no longer at Duke. This doesn't matter to Zion Williamson unless he doesn't want bad things to happen to Duke, which could, but it's not like the NCAA is very good at actually enforcing any of this stuff. So all of that, all of that means who gives a shit? Basically, I don't like to swear a ton on here, but like, who cares? It doesn't matter. This doesn't impact a thing with the Pelicans. Might, might impact Duke if it's proven, if they have evidence, but if they don't really, I don't know if there's a whole lot that they're going to be able to accomplish with this. And it feels kind of like a desperate move just to get this guy to settle and for them to get some money. And it's got to mean that that lawsuit doesn't look like it's going particularly well for them if you've got to break out a ploy like this, which is almost certainly going to anger Zion and everyone else, because this is not why he wanted his name in the news on Sunday. So again, we'll see where this goes, but I, like, who who cares? Unless you're like actively hoping for the NCAA to get kind of torn down, which I do to an extent, but also like, I don't care that much. I don't want necessarily schools and other students to be punished for this, which is what would happen. You know, when you put in scholarship reductions, things like that or go on probation, it doesn't punish the person who, you know, benefited other than maybe the coach. It punishes all the other guys on the team, even if they had nothing to do with it, which just sucks. Like that's not what we want, not what we want to see whatsoever. So that's where I kind of look at this. And I'm like, eh, whatever. The NCAA shouldn't do anything about this. Frankly, pay people anyway for their, their value and their work. It's kind of a desperate move. Cool. I don't care whatsoever. I don't think this is like people try. Someone tweeted at me and was like, they're trying to tear down Zion. And it's like, one, define they. But also, this is one person who's got a bit of a grudge against him going after him. Of course, they're going to try and do whatever they can uh, for all this. And then again, if Zion's guilty of this, good for you. Good for you for getting as much value as you could for what you do, which is play basketball at an institution, Duke, which is a blue blood making a crap ton of money over all of this stuff. So I don't care. It's weird. Thank you, Gina Ford, for the segment on today's show and for letting me rail against all of this stuff a little bit. But overall, no, don't care about this one whatsoever. So we'll talk about the salary cap because this does have massive implications for the Pelicans and the NBA had a conference call on Friday kind of touching on some of this stuff and we'll do that coming up here in just a second but don't forget subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. No one else is even weekly right now bringing you guys content that you want to hear on this show talking about all the biggest topics getting some really good guests on here Will Guillory of The Athletic freaking killed it Jason Smith talked about hip checking Blake Griffin you don't kind of get that stuff anywhere else so it's been fun to have 
these sort of interviews and discuss some of these things on the show. We'll have some other great content coming up. This week is kind of like franchise what ifs, and I've got some pretty fun ones that we will discuss, and I'm looking forward to it. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from, especially during a time like this when things have really kind of dropped off. So greatly appreciate you all hitting that button and leaving a five-star review with a comment. So the salary cap, and this is interesting because the the NBA's revenue is, as they've said, zero right now. There's nothing coming in, and the revenue sets the salary cap. They split it with the players, and you know, blah 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 blah. We don't need to get into the technical details of that right now, but that number is going to drop, or at least it should, based off the revenue coming in, because. Well, they don't have any, and it's going to be significantly less than what they thought. And the other thing is, you don't know how much it's going to be, and you don't know how much it's going to be in subsequent seasons. And on a call that they had with the players uh, on Friday, Adam Silver said, the CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, is not designed to kind of have this in there, have a pandemic hit it that's prolonged and do all of this, just as most businesses aren't, to be fair. So they need to kind of come up with a scenario and, you know, they've got provisions in there where they can basically just set an arbitrary number or maybe keep it the same because a significant dip in the salary cap, it dropping even by 10, $20 million is even, that's a lot, even a couple million screws things up, but it dropping is significant because teams do a lot of long-term planning around a certain number and what they generally expect it to be. And if all of a sudden that changes, well, you're like long-term planning and team building that you've done for years goes out the window. And when you factor in max contract guys, guys like what it will potentially be Brandon Ingram or Anthony Davis, those type of players, their their salary is not a specific number. It's a percentage, a percentage of the salary cap. And now they're impacted by this. And in theory, if it were to drop enough, and I'll explain how this works, you could have a guy who has a fixed number making more than a max contract player. Now, then the that player's num- number gets amended and it gets changed so you don't have a situation really that can stay like that. But it's interesting because the Pelicans have a number of guys on young, you know, uh, uh, small, you know, less expensive rookie deals. Zion's a steal at what he's getting paid. Same for Hayes, same for Nikhil, even guys like Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, and others who are all on rookie deals. Those are the best contracts you can have in the NBA if someone outperforms them. Ingram's coming up for one. And you could maybe make a splash, try and do something depending on some salary cap maneuvering before you sign Ingram because you have his bird rights and you can do it last. But if the salary cap drops, this could impact the Pelicans' potential for adding a difference maker in the future. This free agent class sucks and wasn't the one that the Pelicans were going to do it in, at least through free agency. Maybe, maybe the one after, though they likely weren't going to really have much cap space anyway. But the salary cap dropping does significantly impact that now they're not going to be hit as hard by other teams meaning they're not going to go above the cap necessarily they're not going to go into the tax all of that stuff because the salary cap drops because of all those guys on those rookie deals but it takes away that space for them to use and that hurts particularly when you're looking at a young team and a young core that has championship potential and this roster does that they'd like to add on to and continue to build So it kind of maybe shortens the window or makes that window for things to open up for them to really be in title contention further down the line. Whereas teams who are already over the cap, you know, just have to pay more. And if you have an owner who's willing to do that, you're okay. I don't think tons of them do. But 
This does hit the Pelicans in a weird way. So we're going to see what the NBA does. They are likely going to just pick a number and leave it. I would not be shocked if it was going to be the kind of projection number or maybe a little bit less if owners don't want to take too much of a hit with all of this. But there's a lot of money being poured into the NBA. Uh, and you can't have it wreck teams because even then, owners who like to make money off these investments in the franchise that they own still want to win, usually, unless you're you know certain people. But they want to win. So we'll see where this goes. It's going to be interesting because you know there's a lot of different factors in playing the NBA wasn't built with this in mind and how do you adjust like that but the NBA has been good about this sort of thing and you just kind of have a feeling they're going to make the right decision at the end of the day so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans thank you all for listening thank you to Built Bar for sponsoring today's show also thank you for Built Bar for getting me some new bars and letting me get a little bit of money off of that with promo code locked on over at builtbar.com as always I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter don't forget tell your smart device to play podcast Hollinger and Duncan John Hollinger former front office executive for the Memphis Grizzlies creator of PER over at ESPN he's got a podcast here on the network which gives you some great insight as always I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all on Wednesday.